I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Now. And we will go in three, two, one. Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Brewcast here with Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, and Chris Castellani here with you on Monday night, August 11th, as we head into Tuesday, August 12th, and a lot to dissect on the show here tonight. This is going to be maybe even a little more somber than the one we did when the basketball season got canceled all the way back in March because uh, the big news came down here today. The Big Ten announced they will, however you want to put it, they will cancel the fall football 2020 season. They will postpone it maybe to the spring, though we've got some thoughts on that. But regardless, no football is going to be played in the fall. So we have a lot to get to on that front. But before we get into all that, guys, I, I welcome my co-host, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. It's still good to be with you guys, even though uh, we have nothing but bad news to talk about. Yeah. And so usually we would do the podcast on Monday night going into Tuesday. It is a Tuesday night going into Wednesday. Uh, oh, kinda, my God. It is. Wow. No, that, that wasn't me correcting you. I was. It was going to come back full circle here. Um <laughs> it worked out that we couldn't – I think scheduling wasn't going to work out to do a podcast yesterday anyways. And honestly, it worked out for the better because in the last 48 hours or so, there was so much information. There were so many things that changed. I, I didn't want to do a podcast because I was uh, – we ended up moving the recruiting podcast up a day. I didn't want to do a show with information that would date itself quickly. Because to be frank with you, there was a point on Monday where I thought maybe there was a better chance that they were going to give this a go and play football. Uh, obviously, that's not the case. But um, you know, we wanted to be able to come back and give you reactions to something concrete. You know, it's been this, it's been this whole yo-yo routine for, honestly, I mean, the better part of the last, at least since players got back on campus, probably longer, uh, you know, we're – a day away from being five months into the pandemic and, and the shutdown of sports, uh, namely college sports right now. And uh, so here we are uh, doing the show that 
we didn't want to do, but I think that given just the state of where we are as a country right now, I think we kind of expected sooner rather than later. Honestly, today's been so trash that it felt like a Monday. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> no, it does. Every, dude, I, we've had a lot of Mondays the, the, during these last five months, it seems. But we've had about four or five a week. But um, you know what's weird is when, we, when college basketball was canceled, um, and every, get, I mean, it seems like forever ago, but it wasn't. Everything was moving so fast. I mean, in, we literally, I, from what I remember, it was on, a, on Tuesday – we uploaded a show previewing the, the Big Ten tournament. And we were like, all right, what's, what are Michigan's, you know, uh, what's the outlook for Michigan here? Uh, you know, how, are, how do we think they, they fare here? You know, can they, can they make a run? And how will it, uh, you know, affect their seating in the NCAA tournament? And by Thursday, everything was canceled. I mean, the whole, the whole shebang went down. And that was soul-crushing. I mean, for one, you know, the, the entertainment value, you know, you miss – uh, you know, one of the one of the great sporting events every single year in the NCAA tournament. But you know, you you felt for the players, and and there is in a way, it's almost worse to have an entire season taken than to have the postseason taken, just because you know these guys had you know a taste of you know what was about to be the postseason ripped away from them, uh, and that was because of how fast that was moving. That was so soul crushing. But here, um, I think in May, I realized, and I think a lot of people did too that if we were going to have a season at best or a college football season, I'm talking about at best, there was going to be limited capacity and probably even no fans in the stands. And by June, once the stay at home order was lifted and people went back to being idiots and, and big, you know, hanging out in large gatherings and partying and just, you know, making this country into a, just a Petri dish of, of coronavirus infestation. Um, I came to terms with the fact we probably weren't going to have college football. And I, I know that, you know, there was a, there was that last ditch attempt there uh, over the weekend with players speaking up and coaches speaking up and in attempt, I just, it just was so too little too late. And even, even if, you know, the, the circumstances were slightly better, I just, I just don't think given the, the uh, situation currently that, um, this was ever going to be uh, a possibility. And it's, it's horribly disappointing. I, I mentioned this in the video I made. It's like, look, we've, this is going to be what our fourth year or third year. It was going to be our third year covering, you know, Michigan, um, uh, Michigan football here between the three of us. And each of the first two years, uh, they, you know, they definitely let us down and, and disappointed us. And yet um, I think I speak for every fan that it, things are infinitely, more interesting and more fun and more, uh, you know, the possibility of putting out better content is much it's higher. It's a lot because... better when your team kicks you in the groin than when incompetence from leadership uh, across the board, right. uh, from the government down to school presidents kicks you in the groin. Well, well, well that's the thing too, right? And I wanted to talk about this is it's been less than a week since they released the big 10 schedule. They sent the kids into camp to start a camp on Friday and you know four days later we're canceling the season this was handled in probably the worst possible way that it could have been handled I don't understand how this decision came so quickly now if this decision came during camp a couple weeks from now 
that would make a lot more sense than how yeah. close it was to camp. They, I mean, if this was on the table this soon, they should have never started camp. The, the meetings, the vote, whatever it is, should have taken place before they sent these kids into camp. And the, the Big Ten is going to have trouble framing this in any yeah. positive way from here on out. And, and, and they tell you, Kevin Warren is telling schools or telling coaches, well, just make sure your guys go light in practice today. Right. That tells me that at the heart of this, listen, the, the virus is what it is, and the risks are going to be there anyways. This tells me that at the heart of this, what you ask why now, why the big like the Big Ten, the Pac-12? Why couldn't they have waited? I don't think it's any coincidence that those two conferences were the first two to pull the plug, and those are the players that decided to stand up and kind of ask for a seat at the table to organize, mm-hmm. to voice their concerns. This is a this is not you know I, I just they they won't really cite the medical. I mean we know we know there's a pandemic going on. There was going to be risks involved anyways. But we, everyone asked, well, why now? What's the timing of that? We had a schedule six days ago. What took place the last six days and then really more so the last 48 to 72 hours with players speaking up and um, you know, the whole we want to play movement? I, th- I really do think that's what sped this up. And I think that university presidents, I mean, these are a lot of educated people. Um, I certainly think they're on the side of amateurism. They want to keep these guys amateurs. And, and like I said, there's, there's liabilities involved. You know, they don't, and I get it. Like they don't want to be responsible for, you know, a kid that gets sick and, and, you know, we're seeing reports of there's at least 10 uh, big 10 athletes that have the, you know, that heart condition that's come as a side effect of COVID-19. So I get all of that, but the lack of, it's a lack of transparency, but you also you also kind of see right through it because all the breadcrumbs are there for why this decision uh, was sped up and made the way it was. Like, well, there's nothing, there's literally nothing different between where we're at today and where we were last Wednesday, other than you know the Mac decided right. to pull the plug. I I guess the crazy thing too that you're almost seeing across the Big Ten is, uh, I I don't know if it's a you know, full-on mutiny from some of these programs, but we saw, you know, Nebraska, I mean, they had a joint statement with their uh, chancellor, president, athletic director, and Scott Frost. I thought that was pretty crazy, pretty much saying they're going to still explore opportunities to play football, if at all possible. You had Jim Harbaugh with the statement, quote, our student-athletes and coaches want to compete. They have committed, trained, and prepared their entire lives for this opportunity, and I know how much they're disappointed at this time. I shared in their disappointment today. We have shown over the weeks since returning to campus that we could meet the challenge and provide our student-athletes the opportunity of a fall football season, end quote. Like, these are all quotes that, you know, point to the fact that uh, a lot of higher-ups aren't really on board with this, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting in its own right. I understand the players and coaches might be a little bit disappointed and share their displeasure, but for there to be coaches, athletic directors, presidents to share their disdain with this vote or with this decision kind of took me back a little bit. Yeah, I I get that. I think the the response by Nebraska – I think it's going to have a serious ripple effect here. Like I, I, I've already seen several journalists and several people associated with some of these uh, other Big Ten programs express kind of their disdain. 
this could okay, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I mean, let's be honest. Everything's changed over these last couple months, and what there is no such thing as normal anymore. It's all new normal, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was some sort of shakeup within the conference, whether it be involving teams like Nebraska temporarily going to play in other leagues like the Big 12, or if it becomes uh, more of a long-term thing, because they were one of the only ones, wasn't it them in Iowa that said that expressed their uh, uh, want to play or felt like that it was possible that they could play this season. So I believe that that, so that was the Dan Patrick report. I actually, and he had reported that, which first of all, when radio and TV people that don't usually break news, quote unquote, break news, I always kind of pause there there because it, sometimes it's half truth. Sometimes it's just nothing at all. Uh, my understanding of that 12 to two from the other day was that was actually a call with the, the medical staff or some kind of medical advisory board for each school and Nebraska and Iowa were the two that said they were comfortable playing given the protocols in place. So like Didn't said, that come off as a little save face-ish to you guys, though? Like, the, yeah. the Big Ten was almost – they had the spokesperson say, no, vote had taken place. But that almost came off to me as they were trying to it, rein in the leak a little bit because they wanted to make the decision and, and do it on their own time, and someone got out ahead of it, and then yeah. ultimately it ended up being no, true. And I'm sure that's plays a huge part of it, too. It's certainly – like I said, I – to, to be frank with you guys, I got wind of this Sunday night. Like it, it was pretty clear Sunday night that this is where we were headed. Um, right. It was just kind of a matter of if not when. So, mm-hmm. um, or when not if. I'm sorry, most uh, misspoke there. But yeah, it's it's frustrating um, because I kind of feel like you gave. I mean, Jim Harbaugh shared the data. They did, I think, 850 something tests and had 11 positives. And none of the positives came within the last like 450 tests they did. So um, I don't know what other schools data looked like. There were some schools that I think Nebraska was one of them. I don't think they were reporting their data or I might be getting that confused, but uh, there are a few schools that weren't reporting anything. Uh, It just kind of feels too. everything, everything rested on everyone else pretty much doing what Michigan was able to do. If you have one, you have one school that's not capable of doing it, then you have the or it's you know we see out at Colorado State, you know, a program that's been kind of fudging the numbers and um, doing things like that. So, like, I understand. Listen, I completely understand both sides of it. It's one of those things where I truly do see the positives and negatives of each argument. The problem that I have with it is. Um, just a terrible PR that's gone on the last few days. I actually felt like all the way up through this schedule release, I felt that the big 10 was kind of leading the way. I don't know if you guys felt this way too, leading the way in terms of, you know, it seemed like everyone was just waiting on someone else to make a decision. And the big 10 wasn't really afraid to say we're going, they were the first ones to go conference only. Um, You know, they put out the, the, the schedules last week. And they were, you know, Kevin Warren was pretty upfront about the fact when they put those out that it was, you know, we're looking at a day-to-day thing here. It could change. We're not promising football to anyone. But I really do think the last, you know, three, four, three or four days of PR for uh, the Big Ten is just, it's been a really bad look. It's been pretty mismanaged. And it's pretty clear that, um, you know, 
it was very interesting to see, you know, knowing what we know about where these presidents seem to have stand on that vote. Um, programs like Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, like you're seeing all of these coaches and players tweeting and they're retweeting, you know, messages of support from their main accounts. Like there's clearly a disconnect there. And right before mm-hmm. we recorded, uh, Michigan Insider put out a story. One of Michigan's players, I think it was Tyler Cochran, uh, one of the walk-on guys, basically put out some kind of Instagram post saying that, you know, President Schlissel made this decision and never once – We've never once seen him in the football facility. He's never spoken to us. Uh, They've never explained to us why it has to be this way. And like I said, I don't think President Schlissel is a a scrub. I mean, his background is in infectious diseases, which uh, newsflash, that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think that the PR has been so – there's been a PR and a lack of communication across the board. I mean, there were reports that it wasn't until the call – on Monday night that Big Ten schools had ever actually seriously discussed the possibility of playing in the spring. Guys, we've been in the pandemic for five months. And we're, you know, before canceling today, we're, what, 24, 25 days away from actually playing games? Like, it blows my mind that... It was handled in the worst possible way it could have been. And meanwhile, like... You have Mark Emmert sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tai saying, y'all, y'all got this, right? Y'all got this? Uh, NCAA? We're, like, what is the point of the NCAA? No, you I know? mean, it, it's, all, it's all screwy. I mean, they, they – I don't know, man. It's, I'm still wrapping my head around it, and this is the part of the show where my thoughts probably get jumbled. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, it kind of comes back to this. The, the quote that I keep – that keeps ringing through my head – as we keep doing all this, uh, Sean Doolittle of the Washington Nationals said that yep. sports are a reward for a functioning society. And we're not that right now. And, and we, it's pretty clear that if you can't play sports in a bubble, there's a chance it's not going to work. Now, baseball can push through it. Baseball has a player's union. They have protocols in place. And, you know, that's kind of that. Um, you know, they've had their outbreaks. They've had their problems too. The second you do that in college football, where you say, if we're going to pull this off, but we need to play in a bubble, you're take quote unquote, you're, you're sort of taking away rights from student athletes and admitting that we need you to play football so we can make money, which in turn makes them employees. And they don't want to have that conversation right now. So that's, um, hate to say it, but it really does kind of reek of the, the administrators just kind of picking up the ball and going home because that's not a conversation they're willing to have. Chris, if, I'll give you the last word before we got to take a little break here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, j- just two points I want to make. I, I think, you know, you brought up that before this week there was some good PR uh, in terms of how the Big Ten uh, handled this thing. And I, I would agree. I will say I just – and I get why they did it. I thought the schedule release in general was kind of silly. I mean, it was it, it to me. It's like I don't know, filming a movie before you've completed the script. Like it, it was one of those things. So I knew this. Like we're we're gonna find out in a week. The season isn't gonna happen. But you know, it's it, that was whatever. And two, I think look, this is a drastic, dramatic moment, a seismic shift, and this will, uh, if any good will come out of this, 
my hope is that it will lead to some change. You know, I mean, I feel like we've said that before. I mean, how many, it seems like twice a year, whether it be college football, basketball, or some other sport, the NCAA is exposed for being just a, a nonsense organization. Maybe this will be the ultimate movement that it takes for some sort of change regarding potential player compensation, potential players union, uh, who knows? But I mean, you feel like if anything could lead to some change here, it would be something as massive as this. So coming up next on Brewcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the ripple effects from there being no football here in 2020. We'll be back on Brewcast with that next. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back on Brewcast. Luke Giardi, Anthony Broom, and Chris Castellani here with you on Tuesday, August 11th, headed into Wednesday, August 12th, talking a whole lot about the cancellation of the 2020 Big Ten football season and some ripple effects on that coming up. Before we talk about the ripple effects on how it pertains to Michigan's team, I want your thoughts on the reports what? in the Big Ten kind of exploring the we do we do have breaking news here. Can, can I share some breaking oh, news? Oh, we do. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Big Twelve presidents just wrapped up their call, and they are planning on continuing to play, which probably wow. means the ACC and SEC are going to continue to play. So, thoughts on yeah, that? You you know you knew they'll they'll be the last ones to pull out of this. I mean, they will go down swinging if they have yeah. to. I mean, football is a religion in, in the South, even more so than it is here. Well, that, that begs the question, too, now. So that this gives me a whole other set of questions. I wanted to talk about the potential of the spring football season. We'll get into that a little bit. This, this may be a little bit longer show, but that's all right because, well, there's a lot to talk about. Now, okay. It might be the, the last time East, we have content for a while. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so if the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC all play, and they're, and they're able to finish a season without any major catastrophe or anything like that, what will what will be the backlash on the on the Big Ten and the Pac-12, if at all? Uh, I think a lot of university presidents will lose their jobs. I think that yeah. there would be a lot of uh, 
anyone involved in the decision not to play is probably not in very good standing because, uh, you know, Michigan stands to lose, I think, you know, in addition to the, I think, $60 million they were already going to lose from this year. I think that that, you know, just them as an example, I think they lose like $56 million from not playing. So that's not, that's not insignificant. Uh, if you're involved in the decision to not play and everyone else pulls it off, that's, ooh, that's, that's probably, we're, we're probably looking at political suicide. Uh, Cause you take, for example, um, when I had Matt Brown on the show, uh, the interview show a couple weeks ago, the, the school president who moved Idaho football from FBS down to FCS, he can't get a job anywhere right now. And that was just moving leagues. That wasn't canceling a season. That wasn't any of that stuff. I'd have to think that a lot of jobs would probably be on the, ch- and there might be some fractured relationships with, you know, let's just say, I don't know what the legalities of like, Nebraska still wants to play. Let's say they go back to the big 12 for a year. And uh, you know, let's say Penn state wants to play. They go play, you know, the big 12 or wherever. Um are there fractured relationships there? Do these schools yeah. pull out of the big 10? Like, I don't know. Um, and on the flip side, say a Nebraska or a Penn state goes and plays in the big 12, they're going to start, you know, they start the season and then they have to pull the plug, you know, two or three weeks into it. What happens yeah. if, you know, the big 10 is mobilizing for the spring, they get a spring season together. Uh, maybe Nebraska is or isn't a part of that, but, Big Ten pulls off their spring season when the TV, co- you know, everyone splits the TV money. What do you do with Nebraska's cut of it when it's time to dole the TV money out? So, like I said, um, there's been speculation that like Ohio State would go play in the, the SEC. Uh, I think it's already confirmed that Ohio State is in lockstep with the Big Ten. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they'll, they'll deal with the, uh, they'll deal with the, the consequences of, of what's going on right now. But like I said, if these three, these other three power five schools play and pull it off. I mean, I know president Schlissel isn't a, a sports guy and he's, and, and it, it still might be the right move to do what they're doing. But if they get through a football season without any problems and, and these schools didn't play at all, that's, I think for a lot of people, that's probably career suicide. Yeah, I, I, I think you you spoke on it much more eloquently than than I ever could. Uh, there's still that possibility, I guess. You know, pe- more people have discussed it today. I mean, it's kind of been something that was tossed around there, but I think as time's going to go on here, more people are going to try to push for a spring season. Urban Meyer, who look mired in controversy, well, <laughs> in controversy all the time, um, it makes a lot of really good points when talking about the the landscape of college football. And I think the point he made today of expecting college athletes to play two basically full football seasons within a calendar year is a, a very tall order and a difficult ask. And I. I think they would be better suited, unfortunately. And look, it sucks. I'll take what I can get. And if they go ahead and give it a try, I'll root them on. But I think they would be better suited to just 
try to try to get this thing started up in uh, 2021. And the thing is, and this can't go overlooked. And I know a lot of people, including myself, have said, "Oh my God, 2020 is the worst year ever." This, what, what else can go wrong? And while that is true, the issues plaguing us right now, as a country and as a universe, are going to be plaguing us next year. Uh, coronavirus is not going to be going away anytime soon. We can diminish the effects of it. God willing, we have a vaccine by the end of this year. But even then, uh, a, a lot, you know, is is going to have to go into the fixing things. You know, that even if uh, we stay on target here and we get to next fall. We won't be filling up football stadiums next fall either. I I really don't believe so. So that's why I'm skeptical about the idea of a spring season. This is going to be a slow burn here going forward. Well, and the, the big part about the spring season is if the reason you canceled the fall football season was because of player safety. There's no conceivable way you could start a football season in March, end it in June or July, and turn around and start playing again in September. There's just no conceivable way you could do that when you cancel an entire season with player safety being the backbone. Again, this very well might be the right thing to do. I don't necessarily disagree with the decision if player safety is what you're going for. You just can't turn around and play two seasons in one calendar year within a couple months of each other. That just doesn't make sense for knowing what we know about football and the effects that it has on the human body. And now, so the Big 12 news just kind of blew me away here, Anthony, because now my mind <laughs> is starting to swirl. Like you said, the, the ripple effect there, I thought the ripple effect was going to be Big 12 ca- or Big 10 cancels, Pac-12 cancels, ACC Big 12 cancel, and the SEC holds out as long as possible before they cancel. Um, now, if the Big 12's going, that gives the ACC, obviously, like you said, the the president to say we're going to go ahead and obviously the sec was going to try their damnedest to play this season no matter what now there's a lot of guys out there that this was a big year for them in terms of the nfl draft you know justin fields was a guy that you know potentially could be the second or third quarterback taken uh, depending on who you listen to if he gets one more year a little more tape on phil maybe he becomes number one who knows we've seen crazier things happen he won't get the chance at ohio state but there's a lot of schools now that he probably would get the chance at. Nico Collins, when you look at Michigan, he's the guy trying to maybe move up into the first round. He was due for a huge year. Like, is he going to go to the NFL draft coming up in April of 2021? Or is he going to stay at Michigan? We don't really know. Yeah. Uh, it, gr- granted the eligibility, but the NCAA is going to have a damn difficult time of not granting waivers for a lot of these kids, a lot of these seniors and maybe third-year players that want one more year on tape to go to the NFL draft. I don't know how the NCAA could deny any of them when their team that they're currently on doesn't have football, you know, and it was against – it was nothing that they did. So what are we going to see? Now, this wasn't going to be an issue if all the schools across the board canceled. You wouldn't have to worry about this. But now – you're absolutely worrying about this. There could be a lot of players that jump ship into some of these schools that are playing. And a lot of these top players, I mean, there's no way the NCAA could say no to them, I don't think. I don't know if you guys think that's going to be an issue or not, but I think that's something I'm going to be looking out for. No, I think that's where maybe this is where the NCAA steps in and is like, all right, you're playing. We need to expand scholarship limits to, you know, 100 or whatever, or whatever it is. Uh, I think we discussed that already, you know, the three of us, but uh, yeah, I mean, what does it mean? You know, Nico Collins and, and Ambry Thomas and Quiddy pay, if they had 
declared they might be in NFL training camps right now as we speak. So it's kind of like no one could have ever seen this coming, but it, it's just one of those things where, <laughs> I mean, they're going to, I bet you those guys go play somewhere if they decide to play or they just, you know, they rest up and get ready for the draft. I certainly think that um, they all have film that would make them draft picks next year, but you know, that's another subplot to this. There are guys that we were going to see, you know, maybe send off this year uh, that you'll never see them play uh, in a Michigan uniform after this, uh, which sucks, but it's the reality of our situation right now. Uh, I think, if you do this spring football thing, you will see opt-outs there. Uh, especially the concern would be if you do spring football, you're going to look to get two seasons in a year, which I don't think it would be. If you play in the spring, I think you're looking at like an eight-game season and then Big Ten title game and then college football playoff. I don't think you're looking at a you know a, a wide you know a full 12-game slate. But if you play in the spring and you plan to play again in the fall, it's probably another abbreviated season in the fall. So are you willing to do that? Then you're talking about not having a full college football season until 2022. I mean, I know that, that these a lot of these schools are going to be hard up for money, but I just I have a hard time believing that we can't just you – know, it might just make more at this point just to punt on 2020 or 2020 and – gear up for the fall of next year when they can do it right. Because honestly, if there's not fans in the stands, if there's not the band on the field, if there's not the pageantry that comes with it, it's just not going to feel the same. And they won't care as long as they make money. And ultimately we wouldn't care as long as we have something to watch. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be player defections. Uh, Like I said, you're just going to find out who is, at this point, it becomes a business decision. A guy like Nico Collins, he's from he's from the South. Am I going to be mad at him if he transfers out of Michigan and goes and plays for, you know, Auburn or something like that? No, because I, you want to see that that guy do well, and his goal for coming back was to be a higher draft pick than he was projected to be. So, I want that for for those type of guys. Um, it's just across the board, it, it just kind of. We're at the point of this year where there is no more. I mean, I'm sad today. I'm devastated today because honestly, I don't know what that means for me. I mean, this is college sports is a full time gig for me, and it's a big part of you know our lives. You know, at the site, and you know, there are people that work here. It's it's not a full time job, but it still means a lot to them. I don't know how this is going to affect us. I don't know how we'll affect this show. I mean, those those are conversations we'll have at a later date. But you know, in the here and the now, the way that this whole year has gone. You'd be sad for a moment, but when something goes shitty, you just kind of throw up your hands and go, okay, we'll deal with yeah. it. So that's kind of just where I'm at right now. I, I get you. But real quick, back to the, the, you know, the players and their potential, you know, potentially transferring and, you know, using that last year of eligibility, you know, they're all free agents now. I think collectively, I, I can't imagine any backlash from any of these guys, especially last year guys. No, I mean, especially somebody like Nico Collins, who to me, I think we all agreed was probably NFL ready, you know, chose to come back. I mean, that's, that's really disappointing and devastating. And I, and I hope to see him play somewhere else. I will say as well, and look, it's August 11th. So we are, you know, coming up on, on, you know, nitty gritty time, but I still, I still feel like as much as they believe that they're going to try to, you know, 
sprint forward and try to plow through this, I still think between the ACC, Big 12, and SEC, at least one of them is going to end up canceling it. Like I, I just, I, I know they want to have football. I get it. I, I still have serious skepticism that all three of them are going to, are going to try to find a way to, uh, to get through this. I think cooler heads will prevail at some point, but we'll see. Yeah. And the big 12 is saying they want to put us, you know, they're putting out a revised schedule tonight. The big 10 schedule was put out six days ago. So right. we know how quickly those things can change it. They might not ever, ever get there. Um, anyone that, tries to push forward, they might get through part of the season and it gets shut down. I don't know, but honestly, I really don't see a scenario where everyone is playing a, anyone is playing a full college football season this year. We're just not there right now. No, God, no. But then you run into the issue as well. God, I, mean, this is, I don't envy anybody who has to try to navigate through this, but let's say, let's say Nico Collins does transfer to Auburn and then Auburn cancels. So, so is he, he ends up leaving having not played a game for Auburn. I don't know what that means for the scholarship situation. It's a, it's a total right. disaster. Total mess. It is. It, it, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, totally. So this is just where we stand right now. I also wanted to ask, you know, the ripple effects of Michigan in general, not with the guys that, uh, you know, potentially last year guys that could be leaving and who knows if the other three conferences are playing, what that even means for underclassmen. You know, we could have ripple effects there. But, I mean, the one thing that we've been talking about since the end of last year is this Michigan quarterback battle. What does this mean for, like, Dylan McCaffrey and Joe Milton? And, uh, Anthony, you and I uh, talked, I believe it was last week, after they released a schedule, you came on uh, my radio show, and you told me you expect J.J. McCarthy to have an immediate impact at the quarterback position when he comes to Michigan. Like, it's it's crazy to consider that things are, like, all mapped out for players in the depth chart, and it, well, this has wanna, been completely thrown out of whack with no season. Do you want to know an interesting little subplot there? Uh, it's possible, I was reading today, and I'm going to try and follow up on this. If they play football in the spring and guys like J.J. McCarthy enroll early – they could be eligible to play in the spring. So, (laughs) so that, I mean, who knows, man, I I don't, like I said, I'd imagine again, there's going to, once the dust settles on the decisions that everyone makes, I'm sure that the rosters, the scholarship limits will expand because I don't, I really don't see them kicking guys out the door, but then there might be guys who graduate who, might not have a future in football or might have a fringe football future. And you're just like, Hey man, listen, uh, I'm going to go be a doctor instead, or I'm going to go. I'm just, you know, don't worry about me coming back next year. So, or, or a guy could transfer. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Um, and something that was floated I, that I thought was interesting. And this isn't, this is just a couple guys talking. We were talking last night. I did a, had a conversation with some people like, what if they just did, you know, obviously they wouldn't be unaffiliated with colleges or anything, but what if you just saw groups of players do like a seven on seven tournament, just to, just to do something. I mean, they obviously would have, wouldn't be allowed to have ties to the university or, or anything like right. that, but um, just to get some work in, I know it does look like uh, Michigan still has 20 hours of week where they can just meet up and work out and, and do things like that. I'm, I believe it. it's all voluntary with the, there was a little discrepancy. The initial big 10 announcement said that um, all activities were kind of put on the back burner for now, but uh, it did come out that Michigan still practice today. 
and that they're going to continue to just get working on the field. Just, you know, if guys want to be there, they'll work because what the hell else do you have to do? I think that runs through at least the end of uh, what the scheduled fall camp was, but I, yeah, I don't know. Um, Cause you got to stay sharp. I mean, really <laughs> that's a whole other question i think too anthony is is like if you don't have football again until 2021 there's i mean i don't know if it's going to be bad football but these guys might not even you know be ready it'll be an entire country full of college kids that didn't play football or even worse anyone that does play football is going to have a serious upper hand going into next season yeah and honestly probably the thing to do is to just I know they're going to explore spring football. Maybe just do spring football like you normally do. Two or three games or two or three scrimmages. Yeah. You um, you might be able to pull that off. Play your spring football out. Do whatever it is, the six weeks of practice. And then somewhere in there, play play a couple exhibition games and televise them. And And you you could do that in a bubble format too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it could. Yeah, you could. Um, Especially if it was a spring instead of – Spring break, spring break trip. Maybe instead of to South Africa, it's to like Indianapolis or something. Well, and they're they're also planning on stopping school early in that second semester, similar to the fall semester, right? I potentially. I and it's on the table. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I figured because I know they're they're stopping at Thanksgiving year in the fall, so I figured they were going to be doing something similar in this the spring semester. Yeah, I think the idea behind that was once they go home to their families for that holiday that they just want them to kind of stay and somewhat quarantine there through till you come back in January. So, yeah, I think that the, again, um, it's, you're losing a hell of a lot of money, but I think if you came back in the did spring football and then basically just played a couple, couple exhibition games or like a seven on seven tournament. um, I think people would, they could still probably sell some, sell some TV money or get some TV money out of that, sell some advertising. I don't know. I mean, it's all, like I said, um, I don't know. I I think the conversations about what they could have come up with for this season in the last, you know, over the last five months are probably a discussion for another show. But I I do think there was a, a way they could have pulled this off, but they just, they kept waiting and sitting on their hands and kicking the can down the road. And, uh, I think the lack of leadership across the board in college sports, um, a lot of feckless, spineless leadership was, um, has been exposed throughout all this. And it's, it's very disappointing. That, that's the, this, yeah, this will be my last point is, you know, like on Sunday night, you had all these players coming out and saying with the, we want to play stuff and Hey, let's get a union going. And it's like, that's all great. If they would have, what they should have done. And I understand no one was prepared for this. No one really knew the extent of what this was going to be, but if in March, when they canceled the NCAA tournament, if that's when, you know, the, the heads of these schools, you know, the, and coaches and players got together and said, all right, let's map out a plan right now of how we can play in the fall, maybe we'd have something. But unfortunately, they, like a lot of, you know, baseball did the same thing. They kind of just twiddled their thumbs, and it's led to us being in this position here. No doubt. No doubt. Anything else that we want to touch on? Uh, regarding this before we wrap up uh i'm sad (laughs) i'm so incredible dude this day has been a giant kick in the nuts even though i knew it was coming it it doesn't prep you for it no i mean the worst part about it is in true michigan fashion michigan fandom (laughs) fashion 
we knew a kick to the gonads was probably on the way, but there was a sliver of hope there. There was a little sliver of hope where you're like, yeah, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but at this point, like if I had a bingo card of the worst possible things that could have happened to me this year, um, no, I don't, yeah. I'm knocking on wood here because <laughs> I don't want, you know, I don't want anything else bad to happen, but I'd probably be close to a coverall bingo. So, and I, that's, I know I'm not playing victim. Everyone's had a rough year, but um, I'm sad and, and it sucks. And like I said, uh, something we haven't discussed is the PAC 12 has canceled all sports through January. Um, yeah. If that's the case for the big 10 guys, we, we're not, we don't have anything to cover here. And until then, like for the next four months, I, I just, I don't. And we've had nothing for the last four months here. It's, brutal it's been a brutal stretch and we've we've done a pretty good job but there's been promise of a light at the end of the tunnel and uh you know to quote to quote uh to quote a a metallica song the the soothing light at the end of the tunnel was just a freight train coming our way so yeah (laughs) that's kind of where we're at right now oh it's no no fun right now to be a college sports fan but Hopefully this will be over sooner rather than later, even though we've been saying it since March. As we end on that lovely, beautiful, beautiful. Chris, where can we find you on social media, my man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. Uh, within the last week, uh, following's grown uh, quite a bit. I've had uh, very uh, kind people. Uh, recommend my videos it's been very very uh cool to see but uh you know very humbling as well uh you can find my other show locked on tigers uh, that's wherever um a podcast can be found and you can follow that show on twitter at locked on tigers and uh you know with sports being uh kind of on the back burner with the exception of baseball you know uh, hopefully more movies will be put on streaming here so i can watch them and you can go to my youtube page and find uh Reviews for those. I just did a few over the weekend for the tax collector and an American pickle. So go ahead, check that out. Subscribe to that page. We're getting really close to a thousand subs. So please uh, follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me in my basement later, crushing a couple hard seltzers. Uh, but you can find me on social media <laughs> at Anthony T broom. I uh, can follow us wherever you get your podcasts and shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Mason brew podcasts, Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Uh, behind the scenes, there have been some discussions about some fun things we can still do to kind of keep our community engaged. Uh, but again, uh, right now, we'll see what happens. Um, I I don't have anything else to offer besides that today. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure you give me a follow and going to still be hopefully doing some fun tweeting during football season. Who knows? Uh, Brewcast show, find it on Twitter as well at Brewcast show. And you can find our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts for Chris Castellani and for Anthony Broom. I'm Luke Yardy and we'll see you next time on Brewcast. <laughs>